Hello, it's Seb, and this will be episode three of LGBT OCD Plus, a podcast where I discuss mental health and queer issues, trans issues, mental illness, all that good stuff. So as my last two episodes have been more geared towards trans experience and educating on trans individuals and that kind of thing, now I'm going to switch gears a bit more into mental illness, specifically OCD, because that's the main one that I see misinformation being spread about, and that I see inaccurate depictions in the media of, and generally people just don't understand it as well. I, for the record, I've, I've been diagnosed, I was diagnosed with OCD when I was 12, and generalized anxiety disorder at the same time, and then was only recently diagnosed with major depressive disorder. So OCD is its own type of anxiety disorder, because under anxiety disorders, you have phobias, you have panic disorders, all these different things. And so OCD is their own because it deals with both obsessions and compulsions, as you could probably guess by the name. And in my experience, people are generally a lot less knowledgeable about OCD rather than generalized anxiety or depression. So first, I'm going to kind of break down what OCD is and then talk about two things that you may be doing that you don't realize are damaging to the community or harmful to people that actually have OCD. So OCD is broken up into two sections that are obsessions and compulsions. Obsessions normally manifest as intrusive thoughts. And so I didn't know until I talked to a friend about this that not everybody has this, but for a lot of people, like if you're like standing somewhere high or you are holding something really expensive or maybe you're driving and your immediate thought is like i could just like twitch the wheel and like crash this car or you know i could just jump off this whatever this kind of impulse to be self-destructive that's a fleeting thought and so you'll just have that and majority of the time immediately dismiss it as that is <laughs> irrational and obviously not what i want to do in this moment intrusive thoughts are like that but it's just on repeat for hours, for days. It's just these normally very violent or disturbing or upsetting thoughts that are just on constant repeat. And for different people with OCD, they'll kind of manifest in different ways. For me, the majority of my obsessions were centered around either self-harm or suicide. But for other people, they may be about violence towards other people, or people may have upsetting thoughts about just like very explicitly sexual ideas, all these different things. And the main factor of that is that they are unwanted. I do not want to be having these thoughts in any situation. They're not thoughts that make me happy. They're not thoughts that make me comfortable. It's something that is so upsetting, that's so anxiety inducing, that it stopped me from being able to navigate my day in a way that would be normal. My first experience with intrusive thoughts that I can remember, well, the first experience to be fair is when I was like eight and I was reading a book on a boat and I got very upset because I felt the need to basically throw my book off the boat. And I was trying to communicate why that was upsetting to me. And that's, it's so difficult to communicate because people are just like, yeah, don't do that. No, duh. Obviously, I don't want to do it. If I wanted to do it, it wouldn't be an intrusive thought. It's something that I know is irrational that I don't want to do, but I need to do it. I can't, in this moment, I can't find a better way to explain it other than the fact that I need to do it. 
because for a lot of people it'll be you need to do it or else something bad will happen or that kind of thing. For me, a lot of my intrusive thoughts are about how like if you don't do it now, you'll never be able to, you'll like never be at peace again. And so when it was walking on sidewalks, I was like, if you don't step on the crack, you're going to have to catalog where that crack is specifically. And for the rest of your life, you'll be basically haunted by the fact that you did not step on that crack in the sidewalk, right? And so then that fear that this is something that's gonna be in my mind for the rest of my life is enough to make you do that compulsion, which would be stepping on the crack. The intrusive thought example that I often use that was something I experienced in seventh grade that really led to me actually getting diagnosed was I was in a tech class and we had soldering irons and I was trying to just work on my project. It was fine. And I just had this overwhelming, like, I need to touch the soldering iron. It's very hot. Obviously, it would hurt a lot. It would burn me. But I was like, I need to do it. And I couldn't explain why. And so I like removed myself from the situation. And then I tried to come back later that day and just started crying while trying to solder this thing. And I could not explain like why I needed to touch it. And so that's one of those things that like, if you're not given the words to put to that, it's terrifying. And even now, like I have thoughts that I'm like, yeah, that's obviously an intrusive thought that doesn't remove the discomfort and like genuine fear that I feel in that moment. So yeah those are obsessions and so obsessions can you know be about anything the frustrating thing is that in media depictions of ocd that obsession is almost always with cleanliness or organization i've until recently not had a problem with that and like not everyone with ocd has a super clean room i know i don't definitely some people with ocd do have an obsession with cleanliness but by only depicting one kind it's kind of like People think that that's all it is. So the second part to OCD, obviously, is compulsions. Compulsions are the actions or routines that you do to try to alleviate the anxiety that is produced by obsessions. This can be anything. In my experience, I have one that I still do sometimes I don't realize I'm doing is where I have to, I touch something with one hand and then I touch it with the other hand to make it equal. Um, I used to have to step off of buses or into like new areas with my left foot or else I, I don't know I don't know what what in that moment I was anxious was going to happen but there was definitely something the one moment I remember it being like oh my gosh this is affecting my life is I was in eighth grade I was about to take a history test exam something and I entered the room and immediately was like no, something feels off. You need to leave the room again. So I asked to go to the bathroom. I did not go to the bathroom. I left the room, stepped out with my left foot, started counting steps. I had to get to 100 before I could re-enter the room. And so I had to calculate right before this test and everyone else was starting. And I was outside. I had to walk down to the first floor, back up the stairs in order to get to 100 steps so that I could enter the room so that I could pass the test because I knew in that moment in in my reality in my mind in that time was like if I don't get to 100 I'm going to fail this test and it's going to be all my fault because it it would have been so easy to just do the compulsion and so if I don't do it then I'm just self-sabotaging by not doing the compulsion Though that was like early OCD days and so I, I didn't have the language to put to it so that I didn't understand that what I was doing was a compulsion or anything. 
but that's one of the most extreme examples in my case where I was like, this is very obviously disrupting my life. And on that note, that's something that I talk to some people about when they're like, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's anything. If something related to your mental health is getting to a point that you are having a hard time functioning in your day-to-day life, it is disrupting your ability to go to work, to go to school, to get your homework done, to go to social gatherings, that is the point that I suggest you reach out and find a therapist, talk to your school counselor, talk to somebody, because you don't deserve that. You don't deserve that anxiety. You don't deserve those feelings. And it's something that can be treated. And so that's why I think it's important for me as someone who has generally been pretty open about having had therapists to encourage people, you know, you're not the exception. If something's upsetting you, you're allowed to seek out help. So continuing on with compulsions, I recently found a way that I think that I can describe it to people that don't have OCD. So for the most part, we know what superstitions are, right? And so it's kind of like, oh, if you open an umbrella indoors or you walk under a ladder or see a black cat or whatever, like you have, it's, it's this omen that something bad is going to happen. So we're like, okay, yeah. So like if someone's superstitious, you're like, okay, that's a little weird, but okay. But for OCD, for the compulsions, it's very similar to that, but it's like everyday actions. And so it's that same feeling that like, something bad is going to happen or I'm going to I'm going to have bad luck for seven years or whatever. But it's like, if you don't touch your doorknob three times, if you don't step with your left foot, I have, I have anxiety about um, other people being on my bed, like in my bedroom, like if someone comes into my bedroom and sits on my bed, that is not not the vibe. It's not good. And and you get that overwhelming fear that like, now that thing's contaminated. And now I need to clean it because whatever. It's like, is that reasonable? Is that rational? No. But is it still present in my reality? Yeah. That's one of those things where you're like, once it gets to a point that these compulsions are genuinely affecting the way that you can navigate your day-to-day life because one-fourth or one-half of your actions are all compulsions, then you get to a point where you're like, oh, it's not great. And that's that's often the more extreme depictions we see in the media where it's like someone has to shower 17 times before they can go out of the house. But it's not always like that. And so I was confused when I was diagnosed. My therapist was literally like, you literally have textbook definition, like OCD, like literally anyone should have been able to diagnose you with that. But I, I didn't make the connection. I never saw people in the media experiencing it in the same way that I was. And so I didn't make the connection. I never would have. I still, like, I I haven't seen an accurate depiction of OCD. The closest thing that I genuinely believe is an accurate depiction is it's a book, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, who has OCD. And so he wrote a book and the main character has OCD and I read it and it was amazing. So that, if you happen to be looking for books to read, that is a book that I would read to better kind of understand the inner thoughts of someone with OCD. So now that we kind of have the basics of what obsessions and compulsions are, talk about what people that do not have OCD can do to be better allies to those who do. So these are things that you may not realize are harmful. So one is that OCD is not an adjective. 
it is a noun. And so something that I hear a lot is I am so OCD or he is OCD or something like that. I even had my health teacher use that phrasing, despite all the other ones being like, oh, someone has depression, but he is OCD. And that's one of those things that's like, no, you're not OCD. You have OCD. Someone is not depression. They have depression. And one of my earliest therapists was like, it's like the flu, like it's temporary. It doesn't mean that it's something that you're going to have forever. And it's also not something that defines you. Do you define yourself based on an illness you had when you were like 10? Nah, like nobody's like, I am strep throat. No, you, you don't, nobody, nobody does that. OCD is a mental illness. It is not a character trait. If you like your pencils to be lined up on your desk, you do not inherently have OCD. If you like to match your socks with your shirt, you do not inherently have OCD. It's also not something you can just diagnose in yourself. There was an article circulating recently with COVID titled, like, everyone needs to be a little OCD right now. Like, no, 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 no. You would not tell someone that they would benefit from having a mental illness during this time. COVID has made a lot of people's OCD so much worse. The second thing that I want to emphasize is that casual usage of any mental illness is damaging to people that actually have it. The amount of people I've heard say, she's so bipolar, like, no, she's just an angsty teenager or going through some stuff. Like, don't use these literal disorders as descriptors or describe someone's behavior as a mental illness that doesn't make sense like i'll do stuff that is just me being organized or doing my job or whatever where i'll be straining something and someone's like oh you're so ocd and i i immediately want to be like no i genuinely have ocd i was diagnosed six years ago but i'm just straightening this can on a shelf because I want to. Like, organization is not inherently OCD. There's a game that advertises online, and their tagline is, they turned OCD into a game. And I hate that so much, because it's like, listen, if OCD was a game, I would have such a different life. Like, I would not have been hospitalized. I wouldn't, you know, be on any antidepressants like it's just it's such an impact it's not just the organization and that kind of thing and i do i do want to have a separate episode um maybe two separate ones talking about media depiction of people with ocd like monk and then media depiction of trans people but that's its own thing also so i just recently learned about this there's a separate disorder called obsessive compulsive personality disorder and it is characterized, I'm reading this off Wikipedia, by excessive concern with orderliness, perfectionism, attention to details, mental and interpersonal control, and a need for control over one's environment. And you can argue that this is similar, but it doesn't have the obsessions that go along with it as much. And that is kind of the planning, that's the organization, that's a completely different disorder. And the people that experience that can tell what's rational and not. And the thing that I want to clear up about OCD is, is 
the majority of people that have OCD understand that the thoughts they're having and the actions they're doing are irrational. I understand literally as I'm doing compulsions that they're not necessary and that they don't make sense, but I still have to do them. And I felt compelled to say it's like a higher power kind of controlling you. And in some ways it is, but that higher power is literally you. And so like if someone else was telling me the things that my intrusive thoughts did, like that would be completely different. Like if I was, if I'm cutting lettuce at work and someone else was like, you should stab yourself with that knife. Like, how would you even respond to that? That, that would just be terrible. But then to have yourself thinking that, it's just a conflict of interest between you and your mental illness, which is so frustrating. So for people who don't have OCD, don't turn to the media for accurate depictions, read John Green's book, and basically don't say you have OCD if you haven't been diagnosed with OCD. It's all I'm asking for. Same with any mental illness, you know? I think that the main, the main ones that often suffer from casual usage are bipolar, are OCD, schizophrenia, and PTSD. I hear people say them so often compared to the actual amount of people that have these disorders. The percentage of OCD is 2.3. So out of 100 people, there's two people, and I am one of them, but I have probably had like 90% family members, friends, teachers, all these different people joking about you're so OCD or like everyone's a little OCD. No, you can't be a little depression. Like, no, you either have this disorder or you don't. You can't kind of have strep throat. You either have it or you don't. That's how medical stuff works. You don't half have it. You don't have a couple symptoms. Like you either get the diagnosis or you don't. It's not that difficult. There's not a lot of gray space in the middle. The gray space might be you're waiting to see a specialist to get that diagnosis, but you're still suffering with it. But in general, don't say you have a disorder that you don't. Yeah, because that just contributes to the stigma of people not understanding the reality of people's lives that do have it. Because it's a very debilitating disorder to have that affects every moment of your day. So yeah, I'll continue to talk about OCD. I'll probably have a similar more specific episode maybe about what not to say to people with OCD, um, similar to the what not to say to trans people, but we'll see. Thank you for listening. Remember, it is what it is, but what it is is not what it will always be. See you next time on LGBT OCD+.